open our Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I do want to say it is a privilege and honor to stand behind this pulpit. And it's great just to be home. Amen. Nothing like coming home to your own, uh, to your sending church. Amen. And being around the brethren and uh, my, my fellow soldiers, my fellow laborers uh, in the gospel. And I also want to say thank you for the basket. If I talk 100 miles an hour this morning, some of it is because I'm nervous but a lot of it has to do with the chocolate-covered espresso beans that I got in my basket. Amen. I think I sucked down probably about eight of them things this morning, and I'm flying high today. Amen. And I'm raring to preach, and so you're just going to have to bear with me. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Will you stand with me for the ring of God's word? Amen. The Bible says in verse 16, and when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. There escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drave before those other cattle and said, This is David's spoil. David came to the two hundred men which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Then answered all the wicked men and the men of Belial, of those that went with David, and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil that we have recovered, save to every man his wife and his children, they may lead them away and depart. Then said David, Ye shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. I want your eyes cast upon verse 4 and underline this phrase. So shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. I want to preach just for a little bit on tarrying by the stuff. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for this day. Now, dear Lord, I desperately need your help, to, Lord, this morning. Lord, calm my nerves, clear my mind, and touch my feeble lips. I pray, Father, Lord, may you help me, dear Lord, to preach with fire and fervency this morning. God, I pray, dear Lord, may you once again open our eyes to a lost and dying world that desperately needs to hear the gospel. And I pray, dear Lord, may you call forth more laborers, more soldiers, dear Lord, that will hold up that blood-stained banner. And dear God, still declare to a lost and dying world that there is, a Lord, a salvation that is full and free and a Savior that still saves lost sinners. God, I beg you, Lord, please, Lord, pass over this place like a tidal wave. Lord, touch these young people's hearts, Lord. Lord, I pray, dear God, may you call some more. But, dear Lord, may you also, dear Lord, have your hand upon Bible Baptist Church. And Lord, I pray, dear God, as the years pass by, 
May there still be some that will tarry by the stuff. And I beg you this morning, Lord, have your will in your way in this message. And in this time, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. On September 1st, 1939, was the start of the glorious, bloodiest war our world has ever seen. This is the date that began World War II. Over 16 million Americans put on the uniform and proudly fought. Not everyone could go to war. They say that the day after Japan was attacked by Pearl Harbor and destroyed all those battleships, that there were lines of individuals lined up and down the streets waiting outside the recruiters' offices all over the United States. Many were called to go to the heat of the battle, but there were those who did not meet the criteria for that particular war. And so many of these men who could not fight, you'd find them working in the factories, producing more weapons and more ammunition. Old ladies, they would be sewing the uniforms, and young ladies, they would volunteer to become nurses. All the food was rationed. In fact, the, the major supplies, they were sent to the battlefields to continue to supply our soldiers who were ready to fight. And just as much as America was totally united on the battlefront, so were they united on the home front. It was imperative to send their soldiers ready to fight, but it was just as important for those who stayed in country preparing for those soldiers. Terry, by the stuff. Number one, if you're taking notes this morning, there is the fight. Notice what the Bible says here in verse 16. The Bible says, And when he had brought him down, behold, there spread abroad all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. You need to understand something that, that David and his mighty men of valor, they went out to fight. And, and listen, they're all covered in blood. I mean, listen, it's not like it is in this day and time where you can launch missiles. You, you, you shoot with ammunition. Uh, back then it was, it was hand-to-hand combat with swords and spears and sometimes arrows. And so oftentimes those men of war, when they would come home, they would be covered in flesh and, and blood I mean, and hair, because, I mean, it was a gory mess. When they came home, they came home to something that they were not expecting. See, this very enemy that they were to face came while they were at war, came home to their homes, and the Bible talks about where they could see that they set their city on fire, and all their women, their wives, their children, all of their belongings are taken. It's a fight. It's a fight. And can I tell you, there is a fight even in this day and time. And I'll tell you, it's a good fight. Paul said it best in 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life whereunto thou art also called. And hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. It's a great fight. Ephesians 6, 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand. It's God's fight. I'll tell you, listen, Moses and the children of Israel sang a song unto the Lord in Exodus 15, 3. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. And it's not little O-R-D. Amen. It's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That means He's Jehovah. And there is no other God likened unto our God. 
It's a fight. Are you willing to participate in this fight? Listen, you may not always get to go to battle, but we're all in this fight. We're all in this fight. There are struggles. All these missionaries, if you were to talk to them, that we've all faced struggles, especially if you live in third world countries. When I lived in the Bahamas, there was a time that I almost drowned. I did. I was having a great time, and I thought the water was only this deep. You could walk for miles around our island, but sometimes there's holes. And I was on an inner tube, and I came off that thing, and I almost drowned to death. Luckily, a young man saw me and saved my life. I had this thing also called mango poisoning. I had no idea that the mango tree is in the same family as poison oak, poison sumac, Poison ivy. Anybody knew that? Yeah, some of y'all did. Brother Ballinger did. He lives out there in the West Indies. Amen. Yeah, I inhaled the pollen. Had allergic reaction. My skin was on fire. There's struggles. When I went to Peru as a missionary, we faced struggles. I had a man step out with a knife and try to plunge it in my chest. You say, well, you're standing here. What happened to him? I knocked his tail out cold. Amen. Yeah, there's struggles. We went to Papua New Guinea. Brother Chris will tell you, I passed out. Hey, man, I have what's called water intoxicity. Thank God for Brother Chris's wife. She slapped me around a couple times. Hey, man, she did. She slapped me right on my chest to get me to wake up. Struggles. We will all face struggles. Listen, it's a fight. No one said it'd be easy. It's a fight. So get into the fight. Prepare yourself. There's struggles. Listen, not only is there struggles, there's strongholds. Joshua 1.9 says, Have not I command thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. I'm here to tell you, listen, the enemies of God, they're already there and they're waiting on you. They are. The Catholic religion owns South America. The Muslims run most of Africa and the Middle East. The Seventh-day Adventists have enslaved the majority of Papua New Guinea. The Mormons and the Jehovah Witnesses have taken over the Southwest United States. And China has shut down its borders because they're relying upon their ancestral religions. Their strongholds. We ought to break down every stronghold. Their souls. Asia has 4.7 billion souls. Africa, 1.4 billion souls. Europe, 740 million souls. North America, 604 million souls. South America, 439 million souls. Australia, 46 million souls. It's a fight. Get in to the fight. Whether you're sending or you're going, you ought to get into the fight. There's a fight. Number two, there's the faithful. There's the faithful. Now listen, here in our word, here in our text, we find that these individuals, listen, they're all soldiers. They were all mighty men of valor. They were just in a fight, but some of them were so faint that they could not even continue on. Now listen, could you imagine how, 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 how heart-wrenching it is? Listen, when you find out that your wife and your children have been taken, what would happen if you found out someone was coming to your home and was going to kidnap your wife and your kids, what would you do? You'd get there as fast as you could. And whatever weapon you could grab, you would use. And if not, you'd use your bare hands, and you'd fight off whatever it is that was to come to your home. But the Bible says these men were so faint. You know, I'm so grateful that David, David told them, he said, it's going to be okay, guys. Stay here. 
at the, at, at the river Besor. The Bible says this in verse 21, David came to the 200 men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Can I tell you something? David was not disappointed in him one bit. That's right. you, say if he, you say, how do you know that? The Bible says he saluted them as soon as he saw them. Listen, can I tell you something? Bible Baptist Church, don't you dare for a moment think, well, I guess because I'm not called to be a missionary, I, I guess I don't have really much a, a, of a responsibility or, 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 you know, I'm not like some of these great men of God. They're not great men of God. They're just men of a great God. They're just men of a great God. Listen, we put our pants on just like the rest of you men do. And we still have the same problems just like the rest of you do. Listen, we're all in this fight together, but be found faithful. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Let me just tell you something. They were weeping. The Bible says here in verse 4, Then David and the people were with him, lifted up their voice, and wept until they had no more power to weep. How long has it been since you wept over someone's soul? Listen, they were crying over their loved ones because they were kidnapped. Can I tell you something? The world has been taken hostages. They are. They're all prisoners of war. And it's you and I that have to go and free them. It's you and I that take the glorious gospel. They are chained in the chains of sin. Amen. Listen, it is Christ that will free them. Let us take the glorious gospel. Weeping. Will you weep over them? The Bible says in the Psalms 126 and verse 6, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I'll never forget when I was in South America, I stood in, in, in one of the missionaries' offices, and, and I remember him telling me the story of one of the men he led to Christ. This man began to get into his Bible and began to study it and fall in love with God. And boy, he was so excited about the things of God, knowing that, that God saved his wretched soul. And he walked into that missionary's office and this is what he asked. How long has the United States had God's word? And that missionary, embarrassingly, had to hang his head and say, our country was founded upon God's word. We've had it all from the birth of our nation. He said, you've had it all this time? You, you've had it all this time. Preacher, don't you understand, according to the scripture, that now my mom and my daddy are in hell, my, my brothers, they're in hell, my sisters are in hell, my grandparents are in hell. How come y'all didn't come fast enough? How come you didn't bring us the message earlier? They're all dying. They're all dead now. They're in hell. And now my country's going to hell. And y'all have had it all this time. And he just stood there and just wept profusely. Can I ask you a question this morning? Will you weep till you have no more power to weep as David and these soldiers did? Bible Baptist Church? How, how long has it been since you actually cried over some Muslim soul? I mean, listen, right now everybody hates Hamas. Everybody, they don't like the Middle East. They don't like any of those people. They have souls. They have souls. The Jews... They have souls. Used to, they would look at black people and hear people in the United States would say they have no soul. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter to Christ whether they're black or white, whether they're Asian, Hispanic. Hey, listen, he loves all the children of the world. And he died for all. Weeping. Listen, hey, will you be found faithful? 
Would someone find you and say, hey, that's a person that weeps over lost people. They're waiting. The psalmist said in Psalms 27 verse 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. They, were, they had to wait. Some of you young people, you're, you're at a stage right now where some of you do want to go to the mission field, but you can't yet. You have to wait upon the king. Amen? Wait. I mean, I, I've heard pastors say this. If you're not doing it here now, you won't do it when you get there. Hand out more tracts. Amen? Be faithful. Be faithful about going on visitation. Be faithful about telling others the gospel. They were wondering. Bible says here in, in verse 21, David came to the 200 men which were so faint that they could not follow David. They never left the place where he told them to stay. And young people, can I say this? Don't get rebellious to the point to where when we come back next year for the missions conference, I should still be able to find these young people in their same spot serving God. Amen. And you adults, God help us if I get back here. Amen. A year from now, we're at Jubilee and I look around, I'm like, Pastor, where's so-and-so? Oh, Brother Nathan, they got, they, they, they got in a bad way. Brother Nathan, they, they, they no longer want to serve God. Brother Nathan, they, they got their feelings hurt and they got out of church. Hey, you ought to be the, in the exact same place, right, where God has you. Be faithful. They were wondering. I wonder at that time if they were wondering, hey, are they ever going to return? I, I, I wonder if those men were going, boy, I just wish I could have saved my wife and my kids. Well, I wish I could have done something. But they had to wait and wonder. I wonder, do you lay up at night wondering about certain areas of the world that need to be reached with the gospel? Do, 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 I mean, listen, do you have a greater vision? I wonder if some of you lay at bed at night and go, boy, I should be giving so much more to missions. Boy, I should be giving so much. Listen, if you're the one that says, oh, great, pastor is asking for another offering again, God help you. God help you. I'll never forget I had a man in my church. Please don't be one of these kind of men. I had a man in my church that literally told my dad, if, brother, if your son takes on one more missionary, our church is probably going to fall into debt. We were never in debt. We had more money than we knew what to do with. And he wanted to keep months and months of money in the account. I wanted to get it out. Amen. Be found faithful. There's the fight. Last of all, I close with this. There's the future. Verse 23. The Bible says this. Then said David. I, I like this. He had the critics. <laughs> and then the king says, you shall not do so. You're not going to do that. He says, you're not going to do that, my brethren. With that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part and part alike. Listen, hey, if the Lord tarries his coming, he should still find us in the fight, and he should still find us faithful. See, listen, David was a great king. David was known as a, a great warrior. He was known as a man after God's own heart. And then there was even Solomon, his son, who, who asked God, said, you can have anything you want. 
and he asked for wisdom, and God gave him everything. These were two great kings, but there is still a greater king. John the Revelator described him in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 16. And half on his vesture and on his thigh written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Boy, I'm here to tell you, there is no other king like unto our king. Amen. He is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And what a privilege it is to serve the King of glory. I'll tell you that this king cares. He cares so much that it's penned in the love letter of the Bible in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Our King still conquers. Amen. He still conquers. Listen, hey, He's conquered sin. He's conquered death. He's conquered hell. And He's conquered the, the grave. Our God is victorious. Amen. He always wins. I think about in Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. His last words to us was this in Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He cares. Our king cares and he conquers. And I close with this. Our king is coming. Our king is coming. John the Revelator said in 22 and verse 20, Even so come, Lord Jesus. He's coming. And I want him to find us in the fight. I want him to find us being faithful because we're looking to the future of his coming. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not to me only, but unto all of them that love His appearing. Tarry by the stuff. Every head bowed, every eye closed, Pastor, if you'll come. Tarry by the stuff. Will He find you in the fight? Will He find you being faithful? Because we better be looking to the future because He's coming again. Isn't that good preaching this morning? Oh, I appreciate that, Brother Saunders. I appreciate the challenge.